0: Matthew 12 is where we're going to be today. You know, last, um, last Sunday night at the Oscars, I don't know if you, if you saw the Oscars. Um, if you didn't, you know, Chris wanted to just give us a little brief recap of, of what happened. You know, Chris Rock, a, a comedian, was on stage, and he was just kind of living into his role, doing what he does, you know, making jokes. And, and Chris Rock makes this joke about Jada Pickett-Smith, about her hair, and, and the next thing you see is, is Will Smith, you know, his her husband, um, getting up from his seat in the audience, and he, and he walks up on stage, and he slaps Chris Rock right in the face, and, and he walks back to his seat, and, and everyone's like, wait, is, like, this is Hollywood. Is this scripted? Like, what's going on here? What, what's going on? And, and then he goes back, and he sits down, and you realize, oh, this is not scripted at all. Like, he's really serious, and he's, he's saying, you know, don't you ever use my wife's name in your mouth. He's using these expletives. And you realize he's just kind of fired up, and and it's just this really strange, this tense, this uncomfortable moment, like Chris Rock doesn't know what to do. I don't know if you saw that or not, if you, if you saw the scene, I don't know what you were thinking. My, that my attention was instantly captivated by what, something my wife said. So my wife loves to read, she loves to listen to books, and she's actually been listening to Will Smith's book. Any of you guys read his book that came out last November? Nobody, me neither. Um, she, she's been, she'd she been listening, that didn't sound, I like Will Smith, that sounded bad. Like, you know, I'm for listening to it. But she was telling me um, about, you know, my wife is a six on the Enneagram, loves information, loves, and so anything she, she learned, she tells me. And, and so she's telling me all about this book she read. So basically I have read the book. You know what, I take that back. I have, I'm very familiar with this book. But, but she starts talking about Will Smith's childhood. And you know, Part of his childhood part of his story is that his dad would go through these phases where you know he 'd get drunk or whatever and and he 'd beat his mom and he 'd abuse his mom and it wasn 't all the time, but it was these these certain moments that would come and and he he said that man he 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 never stood up for his mom, and he just watched as You know, his dad did this to his mom and he never intervened. And he always felt like a coward. He feels like a coward even to this day. Even though he was a little kid, he couldn't have stopped his dad. And obviously, you know, I I don't condone like what he did on stage. Like, but doesn't what he did make a whole lot more sense when you know his story? When you know some of his story? When you know some of his background. Um, to know that this moment wasn't just him getting angry for something that someone said. It's not that he just can't take a joke, that he's too sensitive. No, there's a part of him that goes, you know what, I've, I've sat idly by for too long, watching people I've loved be wronged. And you see, when you, when you, when you look past the moment and you, and you see into his life, you see into his story, well, you see there's a whole lot of pain there. And once you know it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you just condone what he did, but, but it does inform and give context for why he did what he did. And, and I have found that, man, once you, once you know someone's story, so often, especially for those of us who are Christians, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, the response is one of compassion and mercy. Mercy. It's interesting, even as I was telling this story, I could see many of your expressions in the room and, and it went from like, oh my goodness, I saw compassion and mercy on your face. When you know someone's story is a follower of Jesus who's been filled with the spirit of God, when, when you see that the things that have shaped them so often your response is one of mercy. You know, My wife and I felt called a couple of years ago to, to step into becoming foster parents. And we had a, a couple of these kids that came and lived with us for a while, and, and I'm telling you, it's 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 a hard world for these kids. Um, and and we had these two kids that were really testing us, you know. They they were testing all of our boundaries. They're spitting in my wife's face. That that they're you know they're and, and I found myself one one night just being super frustrated at these kids' parents. And I'm like, why are we having to raise somebody else's parents or someone else's kids? Why are, why are we doing this? And just being all fired up and all. And then I remembered this, this detail that we'd, we'd heard whenever our kids came into our care, that, that these little kids, their mom grew up in foster care. And I'm like, oh yeah. This, these little kids, you know, their mom didn't grow up in this place of, of having consistency and predictability and, and the stableness that, that I was afforded. And so so often what happens in, in my life maybe this happens in your life is, is you get fired up, you get frustrated, you see the fruit of something, but you fail to see the root of where it actually comes from. What I want to lean into this morning that as followers of Jesus, that we would be marked as people of mercy. That that when the city of Nashville looks at the the people of God as the people who represent Jesus, who who look like Jesus, they go, man, those are some merciful people. That instead of, of being judgmental, I'm speaking to myself here, instead of being critical, or harsh, that we learn to come at people first with compassion. We're going to look at this one phrase this morning that is in scripture that, that Jesus says. We're really going to hone in on it. It's, and this is what Jesus, said, Jesus says. He says, I desire what? Not sacrifice. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Sacrifice. Let's look at Matthew 12. I want to read this story. We're actually not going to um, unpack this story. Sometimes we'll we'll read a story and we'll go through it verse by verse. I want to just read this story to give us context for, for this one line that we're going to lean into. So, Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 1, the word of the Lord, this is what it says it says, At that time, Jesus. He went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and so the Sabbath was Saturday and the Jewish calendar was a day of rest. It was a day of of setting work aside, a day of being with family, a day of worship, a day of taking naps, a great day. His disciples were hungry and they began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And he answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priest. Or haven't you read in the law that the priest on Sabbath day, on Sabbath duty in the temple, they desecrate the Sabbath and yet they are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what these words mean, that I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. You know, Two different times in the book of Matthew, Jesus says this line. He says it back in Matthew 9 and here in in Matthew 12. And in both times, in both instances, when he says this, he's talking to the same group of people, to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. Um, The people who had all the head knowledge about God but had no heart knowledge of him. Who knew all the answers but who didn't actually know him. They didn't love the Lord And in both instances where Jesus says that I desire mercy and not sacrifice, in both instances, he's talking to the Pharisees because they were watching Jesus and his followers with a critical spirit. They were whistleblowing. They were, they were calling him out and them out for not doing and not behaving the way that they thought that they should. And Jesus comes to these religious leaders who, who had all the answers, but who didn't have the heart of God. And he says, look guys, I desire for you to have a heart, a concern an interest in people that, that comes to them and comes at them from a place of mercy. I desire that, that you would see people, not just the, the fruit that's coming out in the moment, but that you would engage with people. You would give them mercy. You know, I love reading through the, the gospel stories and, and reading about the life of Jesus when he was on earth, the way that he chose to live his life. It's amazing that these couple details come out as you're reading about his life, that that so often in scripture it says that Jesus knew what they were thinking. Be sitting in a crowd like this and and no one said anything, but Jesus would say, Hey, you know, James, I know what's going on in your head. And it's like, oh my goodness. This happens over and over again in scripture where Jesus knows thoughts or, or, or very similarly, Jesus so often in scripture, it, 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 the scripture reveals that he knows something about somebody. He knows details about their life that he should not know because they've never met face to face. They didn't have Instagram. And Jesus knew people. He knew details about their life. He knew he knew, he knew details about who they were. He knew, their, he knew all these things about them. And yet Jesus, what you see in the scriptures over and over and over again, is that he came at people with mercy. Jesus never got hung up on the fruit of their lives. He never got hung up on actions, especially if their actions were unfavorable, because Jesus always had the ability to see the root, to see their heart to see the past, to see their past, to see what had led them to be who they were today. And Jesus never excused sin. Right? We live in a culture where we just say, man, God just says, do whatever you want, be whoever you want. No, God, Jesus never condoned sin and he never gave them a pass to sin, but he always came at them with mercy. It made me think about Easter. It made me think about the city that we live in the people that are all around us, the people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. You know, we've, we have been sent by Jesus, if we're followers of his, to be missionaries in this city, to be his ambassadors, to, to both represent Jesus, represent his character, represent his heart, represent his motives, represent his ways to represent him, but also to reach people who don't know him. We've been sent. We've been been empowered to be his missionaries in the city that we live in. Do you realize that? That that you've been sent to Nashville. There's a high calling on your life that that, that you've been sent to represent Jesus and that you wear his name is a a big responsibility. It means that when, when people look at you, they're getting a picture of who God is. And he's he's empowered you and he's equipped you and he's empowered and equipped me to to reach people in this city who who don't know him. And so often when I am reminded of this reality that my my job is not just to go to church and not just to be a nice person, when I'm I'm sent by God to be his representative, to, to reach people, I go, man, we live in a city of over a million people that aren't connected to a church family. Where do I even begin? And sometimes it can feel so daunting, so overwhelming. And I want us just to think first about the way that Jesus operated in his life. That he gave attention to the people in his path. You know, everyone that we encounter, the, the people that you'll encounter this week as you're eating dinner at Bar Taco, the people that you'll encounter as you're going on a hike at Radnor, people that you'll um, pass as you're getting your coffee. Every person has a story. And and, and every encounter that we have with people is an opportunity to, to get to know them. You know, we, unlike Jesus, we don't have the ability to know people's thoughts and to know their stories the first time we meet them. No, what happens is that we get connected with people and those things come over time right? It's a, it's a gradual discovering. It's a gradual getting to know them. And I've found that, that when I actually get to know someone, when, when they let down the guard of their lives, most times my response is not one of being critical or judgmental. Or hard. It's, it's a spirit of mercy when you really get to know somebody. So what keeps us from, from getting to know somebody? Well, we're busy, and we're distracted and we're overwhelmed with our own sin and our own struggle and we tell ourselves we're not missionaries and, 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 and do you see all the reasons that we excuse ourselves from being missionaries, from, from just missing these moments? And so, you know, but, but I've found that when, when, we're, when we're willing to be used by God and we pay attention to the people that are right in front of us, the people that are on our path, God so often, he uses us to bless people with his mercy meeting with a guy from our church a little while ago and and, and, I, and I knew some things about this guy that had kind of formed my opinion about who he was, just about some of his past in the same way that, that you would have an opinion about me if you knew all the things in my past, right? This is not uncommon that, that you, you know a detail about someone and, then you, and, you, and you think things about them. And so I kind of went into this conversation knowing some things that were really unfavorable about some choices that this guy had, had been making. And, and, and so we're sitting down and we're having coffee and, 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 and he begins to just tell me about his life. and the hardness of his life, the hardness of his upbringing, the things that he'd been through that, that I've never even been, that i never even considered being, going through. And I found myself having coffee with this guy, thinking I knew him. I'm having coffee and I'm just weeping. You see, when, when we're willing to move closer to people, mercy's the thing that comes. Even people that get on our nerves and annoy us and listen to this and hurt us. There's a story there. A little while ago, a guy, used to be part of our church family. I'm driving home, I pull in our driveway and I get a call from this guy and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take this call, you know, he might need something. So I'm literally sitting in my driveway. My kids are in the garage, like trying to get me out of the car to play, and I take this call. And this guy just starts chewing into me. (laughs) And he is just letting me have it. And the reality is that that there was a thing or two in that he'd said in in his speech that was true. And I needed to own. But there was a lot in there that was undeserved. That was misinformation that was based upon assumption and not facts. And he is just lighting me up. And, and, and I've, I've walked with this guy for a little while. And, and he let the guard down. And I, I knew parts of his story. And even though I knew parts of his story, my flesh just wanted to get ripped back into him. And, and to put him in his place and to make him feel small and to tell him all the ways that he was wrong. And, and, and you know that feeling when, when someone just comes at you and, 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 and you're in the right and, and they're stepping on you and they're, and they're saying things about you that aren't true. And I'm just, I'm, as he's talking, I'm just going, oh, I just feel this fire burning up. I'm like, I can't wait for him to quit talking. And then I feel the Holy Spirit say, hey, remember what he's been through. And it's like, oh my gosh. You're right, Lord. I've not been through what he's been through. And I haven't been shaped the way that he's been shaped. And, and I could come back at him toe to toe and I could be justified in, in my own eyes, not in the Lord's eyes, but putting him in his place. Or I can go, you know what? I, I did miss it here. And I'm really sorry for that. Will you forgive me? And some of these other things that you said, let, let me actually clear that up because that's not true. Like you, you missed it here. There's some misinformation. And it was amazing how in this moment, this, it's climaxing, you didn't know what was gonna happen and the Holy Spirit just lets the air out of the room. And trust me, there have been way more moments where I've just said, Holy Spirit, I got this one. I'm doing my own thing here. So don't hear me saying like hey, this guy's just perfect, because that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm trying to help us understand is that the Holy Spirit is always there going, hey, let's, let's hit that release valve. <laughs> and even if you don't know their story, choose mercy. The Bible has a lot to say about mercy. Mercy. I want to read just eight verses to us. In fact, can, can I get just eight of you real quick who have a Bible? Will you just raise your hand and I'm going to give you a verse. I'm going to invite you to just stand up and read that verse. I want us just to hear the word of God, that, the, the, the way that God talks about mercy. And so will eight people raise your hand? I'm going to give you a verse. Joe, Matthew 5, 7. Keilah, Matthew 9, 13. Griffin, Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. Corey, Titus 3, 4 through 7. Gerald, Hebrews 4, 16. Skylar, James 2, 13. Two more. Todd, James 3, 17. One more. A.T., Jude, verse 21. You guys get that? All right, let's, li- let's listen to these words about mercy, that, that, what, the, what the scripture says about mercy. Mercy, And so listen to this, Matthew 5. Hey, will your verse, will you stand up and say your verse, what you're reading, and then just read it out loud. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, they'll be shown mercy. Keila. Matthew 9, 13. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Amen. Griffin, Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. But God, being rich in mercy, is of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. He's rich in mercy. Titus 3, 4 through 7. Corey. Hebrews four sixteen. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace help us. Amen. James two thirteen. 13, Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Read that one one more time. Mm. Thai, James 3 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good proof, impartial, and sincere. Yeah, full of mercy, AT. Yeah. All right. 2 21. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Yeah. As we wait for his mercy, as we received his mercy. You know, I was thinking about this week that, that none of us have ever seen God's face. Think about that. If, if you were in a relationship, but you'd never seen their face, your friends would be like, dude, I think something suspicious is going on here. <laughs> with 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 God, we can't see him why? It's not the way things always were in the beginning Adam and Eve, they saw God. They walked with God. What's changed? Well, God's God's holy. And we're not. I mean, we are holy because of Jesus, but but there's a difference in God. You know, there there will be a day though when each of us stand in front of God. And each of us, we we will see the face of God. And and in that moment, I don't know this because I've never been there, but my guess is that there will never be a moment that we are more aware of our unholiness than in that moment. When we're standing in the light of of a, a perfect, holy God who never once missed it on anything. And I'm telling you, the one thing that we have to cling to in that moment is not, hey, we went to church our whole lives and you know, I read the Bible before I went to bed or man, I led three people to Jesus. The thing that we'll be clinging to in that moment, you know what it is? His mercy. And we're gonna be clinging to, to a God who, who did not treat us and does not treat us as our sins deserve. So in light of, of that moment where the holiness of God is on display and, and our unholiness is on display, man, what in light of that moment in this life, we respond, we, we receive Jesus, both, both his forgiveness and his, and his lordship, his kingship over our lives. We, we allow the suffering and the crucifixion and the death to be for our sin and our rebellion against God, and we allow the mercy of God to come to us through Jesus. It's the only way that it comes. The only way that you receive forgiveness from your past and your rebellion and your hard heart against God and my rebellion against God is through Jesus. The only way. We receive Jesus. We receive his forgiveness. We receive Christ. I am rebellious and I have sinned and I believe and I receive that on the cross the fullness of my sin your wrath was poured out on it in that moment we receive his forgiveness but we respond by letting him be our Lord our king Jesus didn't just die on the cross he rose from the grave he overcame death He's alive. He's alive forever. He will return one day on the clouds. He will come back to this earth to save us. And so in this life, we follow him. We we live as him being our king. These words in scripture are are his desires. And and let's be really honest. Do, Do we really live like he is our king? And when we understand that the, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, that's what lead us to repentance. We follow him, we obey him, we follow him in, in ways of mercy towards other people. Over the next couple of weeks leading up to Easter, as missionaries in this city, I wanna invite us to do a couple of things. Number one, I encourage you to to pray, to begin in in the morning and just asking the Lord, Father, will you use me today to give mercy to people who need it? Just just ask the Father that. Hey, I know that you have other kids, God, that, that are in need of a touch of your mercy. Will you use me? The second thing I want to invite us to do, so ask the Father, pray, will you give me, you give me the ability to, to, to extend mercy to those who need The second thing is, I encourage us to have a divine curiosity. Look for where God might be working. Look for an opportunity to get to know someone, to serve them, to give them mercy, to share Jesus. It might be with someone that you meet for the first time or it might be with someone that, that you live with, someone that you've known for a long time. And the reality is that sometimes God brings us to those moments and they lead absolutely nowhere. And you see this even in Jesus' ministry. So don't be discouraged. This rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, keep all these commands. And he says, I've done those things since I was a boy. And he says, one more thing, sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. And he leaves. Jesus had this, this, this moment where, where he stepped through. He was faithful, and it led nowhere. We're going to have moments. If, if Jesus had these moments, we're going to have moments like this, okay? We're not going to bat a 1,000. We're going to have moments where, where the Lord is, is bringing us into a situation. We step into it. We, we extend mercy. We're, we're kind. We engage. We love them, and it goes nowhere. I think about a while ago I was picking up dinner for some friends Picking up dinner at Martin's downtown. I'm just standing at the bar waiting for, for the food to be brought, and this man who is presenting as a woman comes up to the bar, sits right beside me. And I feel the Holy Spirit go, Engage. There's a story there. Are you going to judge? Are you going to stand off? Are you you going to engage? So I ask this man a question. And it is so clear that he does not want to talk to me. And all that night, I'm having a hard time, you know, getting off my mind the rest of that night as I'm thinking about, man, what has happened in that guy's life? to lead him to where he is. What has he gone through? How have people like me probably even made it harder? And I just had this compassion for this man. This this broken heart going, God, I wish I could have done more. Should I have said something different? What should I have? The Lord's just going, mercy. Guys, when, when we come at people with mercy, sometimes it's, it's, it's not reciprocating. It's okay because God's forming our hearts to be like His. And we're not in charge of everyone's story, but we are in charge of being faithful to the moment God puts us in. And I go, man, what if, what if we decide as God's people to every time the Holy Spirit brings us to a moment just to be faithful, to choose mercy? Sometimes it leads nowhere, sometimes it leads somewhere amazing. Many years ago, uh, when I was leading house churches, every summer we would get our house church leaders together at this person's house. And so I got there early and I was setting up the signs so that people knew where, where we were setting up. And, and I set the sign out in front and I'm walking back into the house and I see this car go flying by. And then all of a sudden they put reverse and they just start, you know, equally as fast in reverse. And. <laughs> And then they, they pull into the driveway and I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen right here in this moment. And, and this lady comes up and she says, hey, are you with Ethos Church? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And, and she said, God saved my life through that church. I said, tell me more about that. She said, I was, I was working, working the streets, been working all night. Sun had come up, I'm standing on a street corner, strung out. She said, someone from your church rolled down their window. And said, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? And she said, and there was something about that moment that changed. She said, those people then didn't just ask that. She said, they they helped me get into rehab. And they didn't just help me get into rehab. Once I got out of rehab, they helped me get back on my feet. And she said, "And and I came to know the Lord and I gave my life to the Lord. And she said, I don't go to Ethos anymore. She said, I'm teaching Sunday school at a different church here in Nashville. She said, but God saved my life. And I love her language. God saved my life through somebody through what through mercy and sometimes it's going to be moments like that where the holy spirit will arrest you hey don't fly by this person there's a story there don't judge don't be critical engage listen to them love them I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It's not about what we can do for the Lord, proving our our, our value, proving our worth, proving how much we love. He says, if you you want to be like me, mercy. So here's what I want to invite us to do. I want to invite us to to take communion right now. And when we take communion each Sunday in response to what Jesus said, that that we take the bread and it's symbolic of his broken body for us and his blood that was shed for us. And so we take this in remembrance of Jesus, to remember what he's done for us, it's a table of grace. And so I want to encourage us to, to, to go get communion and to come back to your seats. And with the people around you, there's a couple of questions that we're going to put up that as, as we're taking communion, as we're eating the bread and drinking the cup, I encourage you to discuss you know, at a table. You don't just sit around a table and be silent. Sometimes you do. It's a table of conversation. It's a table of healing. It's a table of confession. And so the questions are harder. Is there any place in your life where you need the Lord's mercy? Where you've just been failing, you need to confess some sin, get it off, get into the light, let the Lord come in and heal. And then is there anyone in your life that needs mercy? And I encourage us to to pray for them. And so we're gonna take the next five or six minutes. I encourage you right now to get up, go grab a piece of bread, a cup of juice from the tables, from the bar, around the room. Come back to your seat, circle up chairs with the people around you, answer the questions on the screen behind me, and then I'll call us back in a few minutes. want to encourage you. If you're still taking communion, you can keep doing that. We're gonna come back into time of worship. We have a couple more songs that we're gonna just finish on, and so I want to invite you um, to stand up if you're finished taking communion. If you're not, you can keep taking it. But if you're finished, we stand up, and I want to just pray for us. And Brandon's gonna lead us in a couple more songs, and so let's let's pray. So Lord, thank you so much. And Lord, you know that that I am so far from perfect. And, and so, uh, Lord, you know that we're so far from perfect, and yet you, you love us and you love to, to use us and to work through us for your glory. God, we don't understand that. We don't understand why you would choose to, to work through just broken people. We're so grateful, and I pray that, that we would give the gift that you've given to us over and over and over, that we would love to give mercy, Lord that we would love to, to see people's lives change, that, that, that your kindness is what leads us to repentance. And I just pray that your kindness, your forgiveness would flow through us, God, to this world, and that you would help bring people back to you, that you would use us. So Lord, thank you for these sisters and these brothers. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, forgive us of all the places that we failed. And would you use us this week? Would, would you teach us to walk with you, Jesus, to take your ways upon us, to, to learn from you. Holy Spirit, help us to hear you. We love you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.